0: Thanks for joining us back on the EM Stud podcast. You know, there are not many moments even in emergency medicine where the significance, the the weight of what we do is as tangible as it has been these last several weeks. The impact of COVID-19 has brought to us a lot of tragedy and sacrifice. Places such as New York Washington state, Louisiana, Michigan and elsewhere have been absolutely inundated with cases and seen their EDs overwhelmed. Many of the rest of us are anxiously waiting for when it will be our turn. Healthcare provider safety, emotional and mental well-being are being stressed to their limits and What has always been a challenging job has now become even that much more perilous. But if there's a silver lining, in my humble opinion, it's that as a medical profession, we know we'll pull through, we'll be successful in the end. And not only does the public have a new positive perception of those hard at work on the front lines, we too have a renewed sense of dedication. I know I've never been more proud to be a physician, and in particular an emergency physician. And every day, the news reminds me of how much of a privilege it is to do what we do. So with that said, we owe you some updated information. Recent events have disrupted to some extent what we had planned for you this year, which is of course not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but I also want to recognize that getting into residency is still of critical importance to you, which is why I brought on a guest today to talk through what this pandemic means for away rotations. Our last episode on away rotations with uh, Dr. Ronnie Wren, which was uh, recorded in January and released uh, in February, just seems out of date now. And I'll preface this interview by saying, there's a lot we don't know. There's a lot of gray area in what we can recommend. But importantly, know that those of us who are educators in emergency medicine are here for you. We want to see you succeed, and we want this year's match to be as successful as any other. So if you have any questions, concerns, or just feel the need to reach out, please do so. You can contact us through the comment boxes on our website at www.emstud.com, email us at emstudpodcast at gmail.com, or get in touch with me via Twitter at erdrnate, and that's spelled E-R-D-R-N and the number 8. All right, so without any further uh, speeches from me, let's uh, get on with our interview with Dr. J.V. Nable, assistant professor and clerkship director at Georgetown University. All right, well, today I have with me Dr. J.V. Nabel from Georgetown University. He's the uh, clerkship director up there and also an expert on not only reviewing visiting student applications, but running a clerkship and uh, giving out advice. So uh, welcome back to the show, J.V.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much, Nathan. Really appreciate uh, the invitation to be here. We
0: last interviewed you, I think, gosh, how many years ago was that now?
1: Uh, We were um, talking about in-flight medical emergencies. That's right. right.
0: In-flight medical emergencies. Yeah, so it was a few years ago. And I have to say, have you experienced any more in-flight emergencies since then?
1: Not since then, and unfortunately, haven't been on any flights uh, in the last couple months either. So, yeah. uh, given the current situation,
0: so. yeah, not not a lot of not a lot of flights. Well, I guess that's uh, uh, I guess just one side effect about all this that everybody at least is staying safe uh, at home, hopefully. Oh, boy. Um, so, JV, let me just jump right in um, because we really have to talk about the. Elephant in the room, which I guess isn't really an elephant in the room anymore. Everybody knows about it, but uh, the idea that this application season for emergency medicine is going to be just vastly different from any of the previous years. I mean, what what are your thoughts, just in general, about all this?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you're you're absolutely right. This year is going to be so so different. Um, and I think for, for students especially, this is gonna be a very stressful um, time, I'm sure. Um, at least my students have expressed some concern. And you know, one of the things I'd like to, to preface this with is that everyone's in the same boat. Um, and so uh, this is a, um, uh, the COVID situation is affecting everyone in the country. Uh, and so we're all experiencing this um, to some extent uh, at the same time. Uh, and so, uh certainly can be stressful and you know i'm so sorry that this is not the fourth year that uh, our students uh, were expecting or anticipating um, you know this is you know supposed to be a you know a fantastic experience you know going into fourth year really excited uh, about to join uh, the best specialty out there emergency medicine um but this is you know certainly going to be a very different experience uh for you and so um, I do want to I want, you know, to let you, your students know that, you know, we have your backs. We're going to support you the entire journey and walk with you through this journey. Uh, we're all experiencing the stress, uh, whether personally in our daily lives or in our work uh, and certainly when we're advising students.
0: Yeah, that's you, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, this this is definitely something we're all in together. We're all trying to figure out together. And, and can I ask at uh, Georgetown, uh, what are what are your students? Do you typically start your fourth year around this time?
1: Yeah, great question. So this was actually supposed to be the first year of our uh, new curriculum. So um, the rising fourth years uh, were in the first class of the uh, uh, 18-month preclinical curriculum. And so we're supposed to basically finish third year uh, this month. Uh, And um, uh, whereas typically third year ended in June and fourth year started in July uh, in the new curriculum, fourth year, Started uh, much sooner, and that allowed students to give them the opportunity to uh, be able to explore career options uh, a little bit earlier than in prior years. Um, but regrettably, that's going to be a little bit different this year because uh, the students have been pulled from clinical rotations So this pause, and uh, clinical activities has really kind of um, shifted that uh, that ability to get them into the fourth year uh, sooner than they were in prior years.
0: Yeah, here at uh... VCU. I mean, we we don't have any students doing any clinical rotations um, in their third or fourth year now either. Um, And hopefully we'll get started back up soon. I don't think anybody really knows (laughs) just yet. Um, And also, interestingly, you know, we've also uh, restricted our students from going on away rotations and um, are also not accepting visiting students at this time. Same for you all up there.
1: Yeah, same, same here. And that's um, largely because of the national landscape. Um, uh, it's uh, pretty much impossible at this point, really, to, to get a away rotation uh, for a number of reasons. Many institutions are not accepting visitors uh, uh, and many uh, medical schools are, are prohibiting their students from, from traveling at this point. And with the AAMC uh, putting a pause on clinical rotations right now, uh, it really is, is, is not really possible to even rotate right now on, on an away rotation, let alone uh, home EM rotation. And so with that, that landscape, we've been cautioning our students that, you know, certainly you could try applying, uh, but uh, realize that uh, the, uh, uh, the yield on being able to get an invitation right now is number one, uncertain, and number two, probably going to be very, very low.
0: And also, you and I just received this email earlier this week that VSAS is actually closed now, temporarily.
1: Temporarily closed, um, and which uh, was, yes, did come as a surprise, um, uh, though, I, you know, in some respect, probably not, not surprising given um, the way that uh, – uh, clinical rotations were, were basically paused uh, at this moment. I think the pause allows uh, the, uh, the WMC and other stakeholders to really get a grap- uh, get grasp on the situation and try to figure out uh, this strategy for the remaining part of the year.
0: Sure, sure. It, it definitely makes sense. And I, I guess we, we still do have a lot of time. I mean, here we are sitting in April um, and, you know, interviews really aren't going to be occurring for, you know, many, many more months um, so hopefully all this will sort of work itself out in the, in the next few months. We'll, we'll see.
1: We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a time of great uncertainty, but you know, I, I, I like to reassure the students that we're all in this together and we're going to walk with you through this journey. And so it's, it's, uh, while it may be, uh, somewhat, um, scary or stressful, uh, uh, we're all experiencing it together and we're all in this, you know, we're emergency physicians. We're, we're adaptable uh, is I think one aspect of emergency medicine that in which we pride our specialty. And so, um, you know, you've chosen a specialty where uh, we're problem solvers and adaptable and are able to, to figure out uh, how we'll get through this together.
0: So JV, let me ask uh, you a few questions that um, I, I think are on the minds of some students now. Uh, and this is pertaining to some of the specifics. I mean, it's, it's all great to hear that, you know, everybody's, um, you know, in this together and, and we're all trying to work through this, uh, but sp- specifically, what does this mean for away rotations? I mean, are, are students going to be able to do them? If so, is that, um, you know, going to be the same standard as previous years?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So I would encourage folks to look at, so CORE, the Council of Residency Directors for Emergency Medicine, put out a consensus statement uh, that basically um, encouraged clerkship directors, program directors, uh, and students uh, to to basically uh, realize that for this year, students should be doing fewer, if any, away rotations. Uh, In fact, clerkship directors uh, should be prioritizing um, students from schools without a home EM rotation or a home EM associated residency program if they're able to accommodate any visitors. And so with that backdrop, it's going to be increasingly unlikely that many students will be able to do uh, the number of away rotations that they've done in the past. Uh, And in fact, a significant chunk, if not the majority of students going into emergency medicine, Uh, will actually probably be unlikely to do an away rotation in time for the traditional start of the ERAS application process. Uh, So many students are probably gonna be looking um, when ERAS uh, opens uh, on uh, September 15th, they're probably not going to have really uh, any uh, away EM slow. uh, And so probably are gonna just have that one slow from uh, their home EM program. Uh, And uh, again, because of that, the Uh, Court has asked that uh, uh, clerkship directors prioritize uh, students from uh, other schools who don't have that ability to get a home and slow, if they're able to invite students to prioritize that that, that student cohort. And so, uh, you know, you may hear from fourth year, graduating fourth years, if you're a student, uh, a rising fourth year, you may hear from other fourth years, hey, you need this many, these many slows in order to be a competitive applicant. Uh, Well, a lot of that is going to go out the window this year, because uh, the ability to get that number of away slows is probably uh, not going to really exist in this landscape.
0: Right. So this, this consensus paper um, that was released, I I think uh, it's been a few weeks now, right? Sort of mid-March is when I, when I first heard of this. And, um, it really is an interesting uh, write-up here. Um, of course, it's recommendations, um, not really policy, so much. But um, it sounds like if you if you're a student, if you're a fortunate student who has a home EM rotation, maybe this season, that's the only rotation you're doing in emergency medicine.
1: Absolutely, that 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 may be the case. And you know, I would still encourage students to apply uh, for away rotations uh, once uh, slow reopens. Um, uh, But just keep in mind that a lot of these invites may regrettably end up being rescinded down the road uh, Because we really don't know uh, where this COVID situation will will end up Uh, You may be invited to an away rotation that ends up experiencing a surge in cases later down the road In which case their medical school might prohibit uh, away rotators from coming on campus Um, so, you know (laughs) Keep that in mind, you know, certainly, uh, you know, I'm still encouraging my students to apply uh, for away rotations. But what I've told them is prepare for the possibility that your ERAS application won't have any outside slows. Uh, And while the court consensus statement isn't necessarily policy and court can't necessarily force program directors uh, to require um, no away slows, I think the national landscape will be uh, such that uh, there will be so few students uh, with away slows uh, that a program director who's uh, requiring uh, multiple away slows is probably going to have very few students in their ERAS uh, inbox that will actually meet, meet uh, those criteria.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a great point that, that really everybody's in the same boat. So yeah. if, if you're if you're that student that ends up with one rotation, one slow, I mean, chances are most students are going to have that this year.
1: Absolutely, it's going to be a totally different experience uh, than than prior prior years. So, you know, so you know, cast away all your previous uh, conceived uh, notions of what this uh, application season uh, has been like for several years. It's going to be a vastly different experience.
0: So then, let me ask: in, in your opinion, what is that? do for the rest of the application then. I mean obviously we're we're used to looking at, you know, one, two, sometimes three slows uh but in the absence of that information, what what do you think are going to be the big selling points now?
1: that's a great question so it, it makes um a lot of the other aspects of your application probably a little bit more important um and so how you do on your home em rotation you know is, is you know certainly going to be a little bit more important than it was in prior years whereas in prior years we were looking at a lot of uh, away slows as a way to get uh, other objective evidence about student performance uh, because some of that won't really exist Uh, then how you do it in your home EM rotation will probably matter a little bit more. Uh, And also, uh, it's possible that non-EM letters of recommendation will play a much bigger role than it has in the past. Uh, I do know that there are stakeholders in the EM community that are working on on guiding documents for non-EM faculty writing letters of recommendation so they can write a letter that best supports and provides evidence of student performance uh, for students going into emergency medicine. Uh, and so I keep an eye out uh, for that. Uh, but irrespective, you know, I, you know, one, one of the things that I've uh, encouraged uh, my students is to think about who are your non EM faculty that you might be asking to write you a letter of support. Uh, because you may be counting on them uh, to write you a letter of recommendation, whereas in prior years uh, those letters probably weren't um, uh, um, counted as much as uh, as SLOs have been in the past. Uh, so think about that in terms of you know who's going to write those uh, those letters of recommendation. Uh, what I uh, have told students is look at uh, the characteristics that are in the slow. Um, um, so the slow evaluates student performance on seven specific characteristics that are foundational to emergency medicine, uh, including your ability uh, to uh, to make differential diagnoses. Uh, um, communicate in a compassionate manner uh, with patients, uh, ability to work in a team. So look at those seven characteristics um, uh, that are in the slow and think about who your non-EM faculty are who might be able to comment uh, on on those characteristics uh, and be able to focus their letter on that um, is, is what I would recommend.
0: Now for students that Unfortunately, don't have a home EM rotation, um, and you know we're assuming VSAS is going to reopen in a couple of weeks, and people can resume applying. What, what would you recommend to those students to, I, I guess maybe increase their chances of getting a single EM rotation? Letting clerkship directors know, hey, you know, I don't, I don't have anything here. Please, you know, come let me rotate there. How, how would they communicate that?
1: Yeah, that that that's a great question. So what I have encouraged uh, students is is approach uh, the the history of your um, uh, your school. So, when a student comes to me and says, "Hey, I'm looking for an away rotation in this city. Uh, do you have any um, any recommendations of where to go?" One of the first things I do is pull up my Google spreadsheet of my alumni uh, from from my my uh, my school and see who rotated at individual programs there. And that way I can uh, I can uh, get them to connect um, and try to figure out where's the best place for them. And I would imagine the same would hold true if you're at a uh, institution without a home EM rotation. Uh, Many of these schools have um, uh, pre-existing official or perhaps non-official relationships with uh, EM programs. Uh, And so many students from schools without a home EM rotation uh, sometimes preferentially do away rotations at certain shops. Uh, And so I would leverage those sorts of relationships of of prior students rotating at um, uh, other institutions and try to see if you are able to build those connections. Um, so if you're at school A that doesn't do a home rotation, uh, but has a lot of alumni that have done uh, away rotations at residency program B, uh, leverage that uh, relationship. You probably have former alumni that are residents or even faculty there that might be able to get you in.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. So so what I'm hearing is really try to leverage those those connections, those relationships that you're, your faculty your dean's office may have and this is not the time to just sit at home fill out your application you know from your home computer and hope it hope it works really right. kind of use the resources that you have available to you
1: absolutely you know and the emergency medicine community is is a tight knit community we we uh, know um uh, each other pretty well and so um you know use that networking uh, to your advantage and you know reach out to your advisors uh, your dean's office to see you know where where can I make these connections um, uh, for, to, to best tee you up for success?
0: So changing the topic just a little bit here, the students who are presumably all at home and uh, not going outside except to walk their dogs, um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> presumably having a, a little bit of extra free time now, what should they be doing? What would you recommend that they do to uh, better prepare themselves for their Maybe upcoming single EM rotation later on this year.
1: Great question, and that's a that's a question that um, uh, many students have been asking because because they know they might only be doing one uh, EM rotation, uh, they really want to uh, be best prepared for that that rotation. Uh, and so, I think in, it depends on what is your best uh, study technique. Uh, there are a lot of students that that love listening to the podcast, so they could listen to your podcast uh, uh, to best tee them up for success. Um, uh, a lot of students uh, uh, like like reading, and so there there's an online reading curriculum from uh, from CDEM uh, that you could potentially uh, look at as well. And there's a lot of uh, the nice thing about emergency medicine is that there's a lot of free online um, uh, emergency medicine. Um, Uh, education, so whether that's um, uh, academic life in emergency medicine, university, they have so many online content uh, that you can actually literally listen to lectures for free for hours on end uh, that are specific to emergency medicine. Uh, And so what I would encourage students, again, you know, look at the slow as uh, an open book test, right? So those are the seven characteristics that you are going to be assessed on, Uh, so look at that slow. And uh, do a self-assessment and see, okay, what uh, am I potentially struggling at? Is it differentials? Because if it's differentials, uh, then uh, find a reading curriculum that walks you through um, uh, specific complaints and what are the differentials for that? Uh, is it uh, interpersonal skills? Is it um, your commitment to the specialty? If it's commitment to specialty, your specialty, you know, reach out to your advisor and ask, well, how can I demonstrate a commitment to emergency medicine? Uh, and so uh, you know, I tell students you know, the SLOW is an open book test, right? So look at it and see what you're going to be assessed on. And try to figure out. All right, well, where am I? Where are my potential weaknesses, and where can I leverage uh, my opportunities? Um, is is what I would do. So take these next couple months when you're off uh, clinical rotations uh, to uh, to prepare yourself uh, for your home year rotation, so that you can come out of that with a golden ticket.
0: Great advice. Great advice for sure. Is there maybe any last words of, of wisdom or or anything else you wanted to just tell people? I guess.
1: Uh, yeah. You know. So. A lot of students and 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 faculty are are understandably um, stressed about this this situation, and and a lot of students are asking you know a lot of really good questions, Um, and I think um, it's important to understand that we we don't have all the answers, and that's okay. We don't have all the answers because this is an evolving scenario. We're in the middle of a situation a situation that has never happened before. And it's okay to say I don't know. Uh, I, you know, a lot of students are asking me some very good, pointed questions, and a lot of times I have to answer. You know, I honestly don't have a good answer right now, um, and so uh, I think it's it's that's okay. And we're gonna we're gonna work through this. Uh, we're going to you know be adaptable uh, and problem solving through this. Um, uh, but just keep in mind that we, we have your backs. We're we're gonna work through this. Uh, we're all working walking through this journey together. Um, and you know, it's scary, you know, because it's, it's, there's a lot of unknowns, um, but, uh, all of us are, are, are in this, are in this. together.
0: Well, thanks again to, uh, Dr. JV Nable from Georgetown University on sharing his words of wisdom and, uh, so some, much. uh, <laughs> practical advice for the next few months. And, uh, you know, this is obviously a topic that, uh, we're going to have to revisit and, uh, as things change for this year's students going through the match cycle, um, the the advice that we've been giving for years just may may be a little bit different this year. Uh, uh, being flexible, be. yeah, being flexible is definitely key. Uh, but anyway, JV, thanks again for for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, appreciate that. Thanks um, so much. And I hope uh, hope hope you stay safe up there.
1: Yeah, same with you. Stay stay healthy and uh, stay safe, and I'll see you around.
0: All right, sounds good. On behalf of myself, my co-host, Scott Weeders, and all of us at CDEM, I want to wish everyone a safe next few weeks and months. Again, feel free to visit the website for this podcast at www.emstud.com, as well as all of the great resources on our CDEM site, which is at www.saem.org. And of course, we'll be back with more on EM Stud.